morning, afternoon, night. This is We Are Not Prepared, and we are your hosts, Byron and Mark Ivey. Welcome to We Are Not Prepared. Holy cow, Mark, it's been so long. I have missed you more than when I used to have sex. Your, ooh, I thought you were going to say your ex-wife. <laughs> no. Number two. I don't miss, no, I don't miss that. <laughs> I do miss sex. <laughs> it's, uh, I missed you so much, man. <laughs> sex was great when I used to have it, but... I've aged out. I didn't know that you Wait, aged out. Wait, people age out? They, are you sure about that? Well, not in your mind. It's like, you ever, like, as you get older, think you could still play a sport in <laughs> yes, your mind? Actually. But then when your body doesn't work, of course, yours still work, but mine doesn't work like it used to. Byron, so. I played last year. I ran out to, or no, yeah, March. I ran out to play that beat baseball scrimmage. It was like I was playing baseball back in my teenage days and immediately shattered my shoulder yeah. and tore my labrum. So, yeah. yes, I understand. So that, yeah. It's good to see you. How are you? Thank, yeah, you really brought that point home. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm really good. Yeah, let's get out of that one. I'm good. It was good to see you. It was good to hear you. It was good to be in this room with you. How's the world of the blind? We're still tapping around, making noise. Doing good as the as the world as time goes on every day, it becomes a little better for a blind person, in my opinion. Whether that means technology, whether that means just you know, you're kind of like the Martin Luther King for blind people. You know, they say that a lot <laughs> to you. I yeah, it's just coming from a black man now. Now I can accept that and say it out loud that maybe they're right. <laughs> maybe they're I, right. Uh, it was great doing the uh, movie, going to the movie, Join or Die with you, which for those that are listening, that movie was about how important it is for us to belong and to be a part of something for us to function as a society. And as Mark so aptly put, he said that take how we're decreasing in the amount of people participating and civic, religious, and uh, other activities, he says, multiply that when it's somebody with a disability like blindness. Yeah, and and, I, and again, I speak on behalf of blind folks because that's what You're I did, what I deal with. But yeah, it is across the board with disabilities. Um, you know, I didn't know what to, and I will tell anyone that uh, I'll tell all of our three listeners if you look that up because I I beat it. To see how I just wanted to see how long it was, and I saw it was like an hour thirty. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then I looked down to see who's in it, and I see like the first two <laughs> on on the uh, on the credits are Mayor Pete Budovich and uh, and Hillary Clinton. I was like, "What am I going to?" It has nothing to do with politics. It is such a great um, and, and you know, I just got I spoke at the Lions Club yesterday, and uh, I love. The Lions that I mean, I'm sure I've been to multiple. I've been to three. I get the same feeling inside those clubs, but I leave always kind of sad because they're so old and their numbers are less. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But what they're doing is 
I mean, it's it, all they're doing is they get together and they're like, how can we help people? And that's literally like what they're doing. And it's a club and, it, and it's, it's beautiful and it's going to go away. It's so interesting because I'm I, I, in Rotary. And so I looked up how Rotary started. And so this lawyer moved to Chicago and he didn't know anyone. And he decided to start a program where guys could get together, have discussion and create friendships. And so then they started like doing things to help the community. But the number one thing was he wanted to create friendships for himself and his friends. And uh, what year was this? 190 something, like 1906 or something. And uh, that's when did when did the first uh, female Rotarian get in the get in the mix? Probably last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> right when right, I take one drink, they <laughs> finally just. I remember uh, that we do have a woman president now, but that hasn't been. I I bet maybe thirty years. Yeah, the Midtown Rotary, where um, I go as a guest every now and again. Um, the last three presidents with them have been women. Women, just those you know individual clubs. Um, there are so few black people at my Rotary Club. I mean, we, I want to yell out, hello, other black person over there on the other side of the room. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. That's, uh, what about, what about the, uh, Sunshine one? That you're only, there was another black guy there, right? At Sunrise? Sunrise, Felix. the teacher. Yeah, Felix was yeah. there. I remember Felix, um, on the way out of when I spoke to that, that rotary he stopped by the front desk and he's like how many pen do y'all have extra pencils and like <laughs> they gave him because he's always collecting like supplies wherever he goes i was like dude that's awesome first yeah let's see there are two blacks and one rotary and our group disbanded i have a funny you want to hear a quick funny black joke that's not mine yeah yeah that has to kind of do with so there's this the comedian is uh, shane gillis and he's talking about this documentary of Bear Bryant, the, you know, notorious Alabama football yeah. coach. And, uh, they're, they're lifting, lifting them up for accepting black people, players on the Alabama team, you know? And, uh, he's like, well, that's awesome. He was like, yeah, that's what good for him. And then you realize it's 1971. <laughs> we had sent someone to the moon before Alabama let a black player on the team. And he goes, and the only reason is because USC was was way ahead of the game and already, you know, were accepting, you know, black players on their teams and they came down and beat the crap out of Alabama. So Paul Bryant or uh, Bear Bryant was like, we need black players. And then they started winning and all the racist people in Alabama were like, oh, roll tide. <laughs> so the joke is if you want to beat racism, be good at sports. And then be good. Yeah, it's erase it for a little bit. Yeah. That is actually the way this Sooners got famous is because Switzer was the first coach that really openly uh, recruited black players. And he was the first one that would allow a black quarterback. Yeah, that was a thing, you know. Um, yeah, my my Paul great man. But, you know, what old, old white people have their little things. 
he would always say that, well, you don't see a, a black quarterback. And then I would always start, well, there's, you know, Michael Vick and Don, and I would start naming all the ones that are and he's like, well, you know, you know <laughs> trying to move on to something else. And that's how you, this morning you were saying, I want to go to this just because you said, you were, what did you say? Down? That was, was that the word you used? I said I was in La La Land. La La Land. So what does La La Land look like for you? Well, it doesn't look like your La La Land, which I want to follow up with. <laughs> with La La Land looks like, um, um, it looks like, in this case, there's, there's stuff coming up that really can't, not much more can be done about, but you've put a lot of energy into it. And then there's the other stuff on the, on the side that of course you got to do, but you're just in la la land because you're like, I don't, I don't care. We all just care about this thing coming up next week. So I'm just in la la land. It could be that you're tired too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I've learned to, uh, do I look tired? Well, no, I'm just, I'm just, no, you just say you're in la la land. You said you have just done a whole bunch of stuff. And you got something coming up, but you're just not one to do it at the second. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just. I'm uh, like that. I'm like that. Uh, you could talk to me at one o'clock. You could come upstairs and I, you'll be like, you don't look like you're in La La Land anymore. I'd be like, yeah, I know. I snapped out of that like three hours ago. I'm <laughs> in La La Land every morning. I, I get up. Yeah. How long does it take you to. Snap too. Well, I have guys call me up. Usually, I have guys, you know, especially uh, guys I sponsor in recovery. Okay. Good. I was like, let me talk. Probably my. <laughs> I have guys call me up for hey. Uh, I have guys call me up for recovery, and so uh, probably about after the second one, I'm pretty zoned in because. You ever ignore the call? Are you ever just like, oh, not now? There's a couple. Oh, yeah? That I will, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they'll, like, call, like, two, two or three times, and uh, it, they will have nothing happening. They'll be, like, sitting in oh, their dude, house yeah. and going, my life is useless. I don't know what to do. I go, what are you doing? I'm sitting playing video games. I go, okay, I'm in the middle of work. <laughs> You're you're not married. Yeah, you're trying to you have a set a new lap record on Koopa Troop Island. So all you Mario so Kart fans out there, I don't answer those. So anyway, but I mean, so I really remind me to, not to be your sponsor. All right, keep going. I said, how many did I say? I said I have a couple. Yeah, that I sponsor that uh, are kind of I. I will sometimes not take their calls. There's others I sponsor that. My older brother would avoid his sponsor, even if he was doing the right thing. A lot of times. Been, I feel like I'd be that way. It's been helpful for me. Yeah. I've done it the other way. I got a sponsor once, and the only time I talked to him is when I asked him would he be my sponsor. And then I never talked yeah. to him again. He could be dead now. That reminds me when I did that uh, Big Brother program. I haven't seen that kid. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't seen that kid. I signed <laughs> up, and I haven't seen him since. So, yeah. So, I'm just curious, just because I think uh, a lot of us in society right now 
really go through these moments where it's just like we're just pooped and we just it's hard to focus and hard to have energy and we just keep pushing ourselves but i don't think that's the right thing that we should do man it uh i had a conversation with a coworker the other day on the ride up from tulsa about that like that's not what the world is not about burning out at work and seeing your coworkers more than i'm seeing my 4 year old daughter yeah. and and seeing my wife and not just seeing them, having the energy to enjoy them and them enjoy you because they need, you know, family, everyone needs each other in the family. And when you have the time to give it, that's when, I mean, if you, if I just go back and look at like just high points of the last four years, it's, it's like COVID. I know that sounds crazy. That was a high point at a lot of high points with me my daughter and my wife. Cause, yeah, because you got to spend time together. Yeah, and um, I I don't know if we're having this conversation if COVID didn't happen, because I, did, I do think that allowed folks to kind of understand it. But it, it is. It's like, what are we doing, you know? Yeah, I think we're killing. What are we doing? I think we're killing ourselves, and uh, we cannot continue this. And so I, I will. It's not that important. Even blind <laughs> I love supporting the blind, but come on. At some point, we got to be like, well, they've had enough support. Let's go support ourselves for a little bit. I have to uh, take care of myself. And uh, and so that's so I think your la-la land is a very important place for you because I think you need to pay attention to it. And so because your body is telling you, I need to breathe. And I need to stop. And so I just think you should pay attention to it. That's just my opinion. As a fellow, my fellow broadcaster. I mean, I do. I pay attention to when my body says. Can I be vulnerable for a second? Yeah. When's the last time you cried? Uh, probably about a week ago. So... I don't. I remember last time I cried because it was it was Saturday morning, and dude, I wept, and it, it, and it would no no it wouldn't stop. It was a snot slinging wept. But then it was, I've had I've had more. I'm a I come from a long line of swing it, swing it, sl- <laughs> sweepers. I come a long line of swing. I come from a long line of sweep it under the ruggers, and uh, that's I've it'll reach a boiling point and then I'll, I can cry. And it's, it's usually relates around my eyes. So like Saturday morning. Um, so there's a, my daughter has a little a birthday party to go to. We're all going to it, but my wife has to go set up first cause it's her friend. So she's helping decorate. So she leaves at like nine. I needed to go to the somewhere before that, that, you know, I didn't really plan out. And so now she, well, I can't, t- I, mean, I got to go here, you know, and then, I got to come back and get you in Evelyn. And then we got to go back to the same place. I just went and I just, I just, I just, she, she leaves and I lose it. I was just like, you know, I'm mad that I'm mad that I'm mad that I can't go and get, do what I want to do. So I will, I won't lie selfish first, but immediately too, I'm, I'm, then I get real angry at, well, you know, my wife shouldn't even have to come back home to then get Evelyn and yeah. get me and get, you know, gah! and, and my daughter's never seen me cry. And so, and I couldn't keep it together in front of her. And I verb, I quote, she comes up and she goes, well, dad, I was, you know, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm sorry, Evelyn. 
and I'm and now I'm like hating myself. I'm like, oh, she doesn't need to see me like this. And I said, you know, sometimes dad, I just get sad because, you know, I can't see. And she goes, she pats me on the back and goes, it's okay, dad. <laughs> we can do lots of fun stuff. She goes, we can still do lots of fun stuff. And I was like, oh, man. Woo. I say, I think it's good that she saw you cry because that gives her permission to cry. So what if she has a day that's really hard? So she goes, you know, my dad cries, so I can do that. If I find out she's telling her friends at school that I cried, I'll show up. <laughs> I'll show up. And here they come. No, I think that's pretty cool stuff there. A four-year-old, though, like, I didn't, I didn't tell her that I wish me and you could just go to the water park or the or whenever we want or go leave me and you. I didn't tell her any of that stuff or that, you know, I wish I could play catch or I wish, you know. She just said, we, it's, it's like her little brain knew that maybe we're not doing this, but we can still do lots of fun we could, stuff. We could do stuff. It's like gum. But, I mean, I understand that frustration with you. I mean, just think about the powerlessness of that, of you not being able to just jump up and go run a small errand mm-hmm. to what would be small to us, but for you... I mean, you have to get a ride to do it, and yeah, and and uh, and yeah, and my wife's girl, she came home too, and that's why I said it like couldn't stop because like you know like when you think you're done being sad, and then you like just see someone you love, and you just want to be like, just don't say anything, just hug me. Yeah, yeah, but it just yeah, it makes me want to hug you. Yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> then I, then I call, yeah, then I called my dad, and he's like, boy, what did I tell you about crying? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, well. My mom was actually like that. My dad would probably cry. Of course, he would be drunk, but he would cry. But my mom, she she would not cry. She would, she would say, you little wimp. Yeah. Suck it up. Yeah. That's like my, that's my, my wife's parents dynamic then mine's the opposite you know I, I saw my dad cry at his dad's at his dad's funeral but the, you know that's it you know he's yeah he's uh I've m- shared with you that he's going through it right now with losing his vision kind of he's going through what I went through when I was like 22 early 20s he had, hadn't dr- he stopped driving last December and like you wake up in la la land he wakes up angry yeah like I'm telling you what it's it's like get out of the way for an hour for real. And I don't know. Yeah. He, and I, I hope when he starts addressing and accepting the blindness that like for me, it did those things organically work themselves out because you're, you're always now you're tackling probably the source of where this stuff's coming from. You know, I was thinking, I was going to go talk to Lauren, who's executive director. LB. We'll give her a shout out. But on the uh, next session of the nothing sessions to actually have people talk about um, some of the trials and tribulations of being blind that they struggle with emotionally. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Yeah, I've had, uh, we can talk about this off air too. I'd love to get folks in the, in the studio and have like a mini series of, you know, just sharing a story because it, it helps, man, it helps me hearing other stories uh, for what people, I mean, I love it when it's someone with retinitis, retinitis pigmentosa 
And I just get to hear this echo of like, yes, he gets it, you know, but then I look, I really enjoy hearing, you know, blindness of the spectrum, you know, and then you hear someone who can't see anything and it's a whole nother story and a whole nother. Yeah. It's wild. I just, how cool would that be though? You know, I think it'd be great just doing the nothing sessions. I mean, I remember a lady that was in there and she just recently started going blind and uh, I mean, she has like a master's degree. And so she would go to apply for jobs and they would say, well, we hire the disabled. Well, they would give her like this menial job, but she has like this, she's worked in business. Could you imagine? And they're going, and she goes, they really, if I go and like put like rubber bands in a box, they hire the disabled. But in terms of like sitting at the table and making decisions and, yeah, and that's where, yeah, that's where corporations have not, they're getting, they are getting better at, you know, focusing on the whole DEI, get, diversifying workforces and stuff. But if they just understood, like, how easy it is, like, that, this person doesn't have an issue doing the work. Like, like you said, she's got her master's. Like, yeah. this is what she does. Yeah, yeah. And she, and she earned the right to go do it. Yeah. And then... she's going to do it the same way you do it, except the font might be larger. The color scheme might be be different. And here's the $200 piece of equipment that can now make all this happen. And now blindness isn't even a part of the discussion, you know? So yeah, that's got to be for me. I'm a, I mean, I have, I have, I'm a master of nothing. So I'm just like, I'm thrilled where I feel like I'm just lucky where I am, but I could not imagine, you know, having something and then people not, giving you an opportunity or thinking or trusting that you, it's like, no, no, I said that same classroom is the person you just hired. You know what I mean? You are, uh, you know, I give you a lot of poo-poo, but I will tell you that as I meet blind people in the world, you are the introduction to blindness I want people to meet. I thank Does you. that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, and there's a lot of us like, like my, I got, you know, my younger brother, our beat baseball team. Like, that's another thing. There's, I love, um, when, when me and my, my blind buddies are out there doing things. Cause it does, it's just like, Oh, well, that's what, that's what blindness looks like. Yeah. Well, sweet. I mean, and, but you, you are a great ambassador thank you. for blindness. The police um, are coming. Martin Luther King. We They're, should uh, get off cause the police are coming. So you hear him? Yeah. What, what time, what time is it? I have no idea. Are you going to give me 60? What do you have to do? Remember, we just got done talking about how work is driving us. That's Why can't we sit here and talk? <laughs> don't make me go back up there. You don't have to go back up there. We just have to end this. Why? What time? What do you have? You haven't answered the question. You don't even know what you have. What if I have to go to the bathroom? Then we'll pause it. Okay, I I really need to go because I'm trying to get another car. And my wife... You're going to buy a car. Okay, hold on a minute. And my wife locked her car keys. Okay, you're making... Now you're just no, making this, stuff this up. Is to, so you have to go buy a car and then or get a car? I was going to look at buying the car, but then my wife called and said she locked the keys in the car. So instead of calling a locksmith to get the keys out, you're just going to... Call that That's car gone and just go buy a new one and be like, here you go. Here's the solution. <laughs> Here's the solution to you locking your keys in the car. Two separate things. There are two what are separate they paying things. you here? Not enough. 
well, you're doing the nothing podcast and we are, or the nothing and then we are not prepared. I love how lazy our titles are, but then like you talk about it, it's, you know what I mean? We are not. So what time do you have to pick your wife up? Cause I still think you're making stuff up. It doesn't. Can I just go? <laughs> I feel like I'm being held. All right, can we talk about your La La Land though next time? Next, my La La. Is that up in Chicago? I know we are not prepared, but cliffhanger. How old are you? You're 71? 71, yes. You're 71, and you went to Lollapalooza. Yeah. And got um, stuck in a crowd during the Kendrick Lamar show. I did. A sea of white people. A sea of white people. Screaming out lyrics. Any of them yelling yelling the one word? They did not do the N word. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. The first time I saw him, they did. The the whites did? Yes. The honkies were saying it? At the first concert, but yeah. not this last time. And so I was right there. They would just go blank. Right? Okay, before, let's end on this one. So when they do that, and it's a part of a song that the that the black rapper or singer is, is yelling, and then a white audience member is, is alongside in unison yelling that word with them, how does that make you feel as a black guy? Fine. Yeah? Yes. I I am much more, the definition of racism is prejudice plus power. So I am much more concerned with, at the top of the food chain, who's making decisions about, like, our communities. So you could call me any name in the world if you just would let me at the table. Yeah. See, that's where... That's where that's the high level stuff this podcast is missing when you're gone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We're back. We're back. And we're not going anywhere. We're like Eminem. You're Dr. Dre. I'm Eminem. I'm Dr. Dre. Hi, my name is <laughs> Mark Ivy. Byron Jackson, and this has been We Are Not Prepared. Goodbye, everybody. Adios. Good, good.